0: Hello and greetings, the damned. Uh, welcome to Poddam America, the goth socialist podcast for, I'm very exhausted, I don't know, um, recording this intro the next day after we recorded it, because um, I got very drunk last night. Um, I just wanted to let you know a couple things about the episode today. We've got a great guest, Jamie Peck from the Fada, a podcast that I highly recommend if you enjoy leftist socialist and hey guess what also goth podcasts uh i did their show a while back and uh came to find out i have a lot in common with these guys and i really like them so uh highly recommend their show if you like more of this sort of thing um listen to the episode i did i had a great time we did poppers it was awesome um also i just wanted to say um I found the outro music I was looking for—the crazy Bauhaus-style music—and that'll be at the end of the episode. Uh, it'll be—it'll play us out. It'll be a guy named Mr. Maxwell. Um, just a second, let me look up where you can find him. Um, you can find this artist on SoundCloud at, or I'm sorry, on Bandcamp at Mr. Maxwell one I believe. I'll put the link in the episode description. Um, he's got a new EP out and a bunch of older albums. So check it out. I like supporting other artists via this show. It's really cool. Keep sending me your stuff. I'll put it on the show. I don't give a shit. We have to do two of these a week. <coughs> so. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know I'm just really excited to, uh, to do a Halloween couple of uh, episodes for this show Because uh, uh, I am one of those basic pumpkin spice bitches I enjoy this time of the year very much <laughs> So we're going to talk a little bit about this Hex thing I went to uh, this, this anti-Kavanaugh event And also just like uh, you know horror and stuff like that in general Alright. Greetings, the damned. Um welcome to a very spooky edition of Pod Dam America, the Goth Socialist Podcast for mummies that are exhausted because they work too much. Um I'm <laughs> Nice. I'm Jake Flores, that was
2: Ah. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Patak. Do we say our Worth names it. now? I hate that. I don't
0: know. Alex Patak. Uh, I've also got with me Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. Rog of Meta. Hey. Um. And special guest from the AntiFada podcast, Jamie Peck. Welcome to the show.
3: Hello. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. Welcome. Um. Thank you for joining us uh, specifically on the gothest Week of the Year. Um. Glad we could do a cross pod because I know from doing your show that I think we're both goth socialists. Mm-hmm. We're the, <laughs> competing uh, uh, in the same market, I suppose. But Cooperating
3: um, in the same market.
0: But I'm a big fan of the show, so you, uh, my, my weird-ass listeners, Motorcycle Cumboy, Reasonable Skin, Mike Games, go check out the Antifada.
2: I think if you work in a coffin factory, you should get to own that factory.
0: True. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and...
4: We believe in building solidarity with button-down anarchists, mm-hmm. well-dressed, groomed, anarcho-syndicalists.
0: Speaking of which, um, story of this week uh, we'll start off on is uh, one that's kind of uh, kind of went a little viral. Um, it's kind of funny. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, basically, there was a, a, a hex cast this week in Bushwick upon Brett Kavanaugh by a bunch of. Um, Brooklyn City witches who, who <laughs> identify—I think of um, probably different uh, to d- a degree of political tendencies. I would assume. Uh, I've been reading about the event a little bit, <laughs> and there's all these um, pieces in, in like the Daily Beast and in. in outlets like that that are calling them anti-fascist witches um which i mean sure i'm sure i you know i'm sure that a lot of people that were at this event wouldn't disagree with that but uh you know I, i think that like to assign these sorts of political tendencies to a bunch of different people who just showed up to something that was largely kind of funny and probably a little cathartic is a little bit reductive i say that because i went to the event and i couldn't get in um I didn't think that it would sell out, but it did because it went kind of viral, right? And so the the event sold out really quickly because Catland Books is a pretty small occult shop. It's right here in the neighborhood. I've bought uh, tarot cards for Mister Cleo and shit there. Pretty cool place. Um, it's owned by some really cool people. Um, <laughs> in particular, there's a couple that owns it who um, are I, I just it was really interesting to see them, um, you know, sort of uh, corralling everyone and. Acting as liaisons between the police and all the various people there.
2: How many people were wearing robes?
0: Okay, so <clears throat> there weren't a lot of like full-on robes. How right? many
2: judges were there? <laughs> there were a lot of
0: just like, um, like, like hipster, you know, crystals types city witch people, and then like the the the, the significant other, the the guy who I think is part owner of the shop or something. I might be wrong about this, but he was he was fucking great because he was walking around wearing like a um, three-piece sort of suit like um, with like the, the vest and everything and like a pocket watchy sort of thing and just like slicked hair to the side. And um, he just looked like, a, it really oddly looked, Very conservative, but I got what he was doing. He was doing, like, steampunky sort of shit.
2: You know, like, in 2010 or 11, when Occupy Wall Street was coming out and Reddit was like, why don't protesters wear suits? (laughs) (laughs) That's what this guy was doing, but for, like, the witch protest. Dress for the job you hate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'll get back to him in a minute, because something funny happened with him. But basically, um, I tried to buy tickets for the event, and uh, I couldn't because somebody made the story into a viral thing. And then what happened is, well, a bunch of people bought tickets. It um, filled up the room, and that's fine, uh, to the point where I couldn't get press passes or anything. Um, but the other thing that happened is I went to the event, and all of these people in the Facebook event page were saying, like, um, Hey, I got tickets. Uh, can't go. And, those, and it turns out I'm going out of town. Hit me up, um, and I'll wire them to you or whatever. And uh, so I talk- I'll
2: send you a graven. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I talked to a few different people because I was just trying to find tickets. And then I noticed immediately, like, they didn't even change their profile photos on Facebook, but they were all people that were just like, Jesus is God and shit. It's like, oh, you didn't buy tickets to this event and then forget to go. You're just trying to get, you're just trying to scam people openly. Um, If you looked at their, like, profile pages, they were all living, like, California and shit, and they were just, like, open evangelicals, which is weird because, you know, they were just, like, trying to steal from me. (laughs) Um,
2: They're doing a PSYOP.
0: Yeah, so I couldn't get in, but I figured I would go hang out outside, and, um, you know, that that's where the shit was kind of sort of supposedly going to go down anyway. There was a rumor that Proud Boys were going to show up because there's been these rashes of Proud Boy attacks and shit around, you know, New York lately, and um, they didn't show up. Um, I did run into, um, you know, some, like, DSA medics and anarcho-medics and um, some 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 people that were there specifically in case the fucking fast showed up. Um, and then a lot of confused journalists. But the main event, I would say, was probably the Christians that showed up. Um, these... I, I don't know how common this is up here, but I'm from Texas where this is just like, they just show up to fucking everything that has anything to do with abortion and shit. It's like kind of
2: Stephen Colbert and his wife were there.
0: Well, it's they show up with a whole, like, it's Showtime, like, subway amp thing. Whoa. And uh, they set up and they jumped on top of this box. And um, they, honestly, as a comic, it was impressive to watch because they each did, like, 20 minutes off the dome about Jesus just into, like, yeah. a megaphone. Um, There's a dude in downtown Minneapolis
4: who every day does like two hours standing on a literal soapbox with and, a hat. On that. By half Hennepin? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that fucking he guy. He rules. He has a hat that says, cover your breasts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're horrible. It's, not a hat. <laughs> and they're, yeah, it's like the fucking MAGA hat, but it just says, cover your breasts.
3: Put those tits away. <laughs>
0: um,. It's crazy from a performer's perspective because they're clearly morons and they're maybe mentally ill and they're, you know, really wrong. But just as a – I just – I don't understand how anyone just goes off like that and just does that much material off the top of their head. I guess you're not trying to get laughs. Maybe it's a little bit easier. It makes I'm them sure.
2: ideal candidates for stand-up comedy.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> they. They have no shame. Like, comics are always worried that people are going to judge them and laugh at them instead of with them. And these people don't have that impulse.
0: That's true, because they were getting, I mean, owned, like, constantly, as you would expect. They showed up to this goth event. And uh, I'm going to read a piece from the article right now, just a little snippet about specifically that. Uh, There's an article in the Daily Beast about it. There's a couple of the write-ups. None of them are particularly good. I mean, there are people from, like, InfoWars and shit there. Um, they like getting owned. It was a they're pretty... like
5: piss pigs in that way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. They like There's to be
5: shamed. I was um, just,
4: this in summer. I was in uh, in when I was in Edinburgh. There was a dude in the town square who was just argue there to argue with atheists. He would just like for you know six
0: hours a day just like debate atheists. Like, the
5: amazing yeah. Catholic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these people are fucking losers. Um, here's the quote from the Daily Beast: The night of the hex, the atmosphere was tense but not threatening. One woman handed out mini Bibles. A black and yellow sign read: "Jesus is God alone." When another man burst into spontaneous hallelujahs, a hexer retorted, Hallelujah.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Damn. Guess who that was? <laughs> oh, my God. That was me. Steve Hofstad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you <laughs> owned the fuck out of them.
0: I made it into the Daily Beast. Uh, um, I did it in like a vampire voice. Hallelujah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, that rules. That's one cold and broken hallelujah. Um, <laughs> but the whole thing was. Um, You know, I mean, it was kind of funny for a while, like, because they busted out into Christian rock as they sort of do at the end of all of their events. Um, They always end in that weird hand-wavy Christian rock. And um, it all has this weird, cohesive, um, like, like adult contemporary melody to it. Except one middle-aged woman just busts out this Game of Thrones-ass, like, horn. It just goes like... "Ah!" Like in the middle of the songs, and at first I thought it was a joke. I thought it was one of the goth people like fucking up the song, but then I tweeted a picture of it, and all these people said, Oh, that's called a fucking shofar, I think. It's that's from,
2: God's <laughs> horn.
0: <laughs> it's something from. Um, Judaism I don't I don't I don't understand any of this shit
2: are Jews also against witches okay. this is a question I've had for a long time <laughs>
0: okay. I
3: don't know that Jews really care one way or the other about witches speaking as a member of the tribe myself I didn't
0: mean to look well, right uh, at you when
4: I asked you what <laughs> the horn, but.
2: you do have to speak for everyone
4: <laughs> I think some Jews might
0: object to witches living in Palestine <laughs>
1: oh.
0: <laughs> good lord Happy Halloween, everyone! Um, so, <laughs> the 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 whole thing kind of winds down, and I think the the funniest part of this and the most important part of it um, is is sort of revealed when um, when the question of what these people's motivations really is is uh, raised. Right? So, all these people, you know, these Christian people are getting up on the soapbox like literally they brought a box and they're yelling one guys I know, used to be a homosexual I'm a reformed and it's you know kind of funny kind of sad, um, <laughs> so sad. and so eventually um, a, another guy just a rando um, like person probably I would say on our side shows up and he starts chanting fuck Brett Kavanaugh and he doesn't really get his chant off the ground it's kind of funny because um Owners of Catlin Books, I think, were trying to just keep anything from breaking out. Like, they didn't really want any chance, or not chance, but like any violence to break out on either side of any of this, right? So it's all kept to a minimum. And this guy starts chanting, fuck Brett Kavanaugh. And he's just doing it alone, like no one's really joining in. <laughs> and he gets up on the box with the person. He's chanting, fuck Brett Kavanaugh in his face. And then somebody comes up and whispers in his ear, like, yeah, hey, could you not fucking do that, you know? And he gets down. But then the person, the Christian, after all this happens, goes oh, I just want to make one thing clear. Um, this we you know we're not here on behalf of Brett Kavanaugh. I never not-
2: personally <laughs> met him. <laughs> we're not
0: here on behalf of Trump. This isn't about politics. And we're I like live What's- in the
2: Vatican. i just came to visit.
0: What's it about? And they're just like their answer essentially is just like. Witchcraft is real. Like, we're here <laughs> because you know not what you're playing with. Like, this wasn't even about politics with them, apparently. It was just that they literally were like, we have to do ghost busting right now, or else literal demons will be summoned from the corner of fucking Flushing and Bushwick Avenue.
4: Oh, dude, do you remember the rapture in, like, 2011 where there were all those people who thought they were going to ascend? Yeah. And so you could get... It was a great grift if you, like, fi- you uh, get the hired to water those people's plants while they're in heaven. If you're like a sinner, you can say, yeah, give me a thousand bucks flat. I'll make sure your <laughs> fucking dogs are walked and all this shit. Free money. I, yeah. I have to say,
5: fuck Brett Kavanaugh is uh, not very chantable sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. It w-
3: it's funny when people get so triggered by hipster witches. Yeah. Because it's like, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of like how much witchcraft means to them (laughs) i don't want to throw shade on any like very committed witches because i am friends with some of them too being like you know a girl occupying a certain social milieu (laughs) shall we say in brooklyn sure but like it's a trend like, uh, most of these people are going to move on to, like, succulents or something in a few months. So. Yeah,
0: it's definitely like an Instagram hashtag right Yeah, now. They used to be vine stars. But now they're witches. Succubus to
3: succulents.
0: In, like... I guess the parallel I'm kind of seeing here is is that the, the, the church is really funny in that they don't realize they're getting kind of trolled in a lot of ways by Satanists and Goths and shit like that. Because if you... You know, if you read about the history of like the church of Satan in, you know, the this, this 50s and 60s in this country, as founded by like Anton LaVey, it's a joke. The whole point of it is not that it's an actual religion that's like metaphysical where you're like literally worshiping Satan. It's just, they were just trolling the church by having quote unquote black masses and uh, sort of like having this social club that has this, you know, this aesthetic that isn't literally predicated on like the afterlife and if you don't follow these rules you're gonna die um there are people that take a little bit more seriously and and, you know like ascribe to like the hedonistic nature of it it's it's just one of those things that it's it's like a religion it's there for you to just do whatever you want with but a lot for a lot of these people this is largely a joke and the christians were like Kind of aware of that. It's amazing the logical sort of uh, acrobatics they're able to do to just justify still being up on the soapbox. Like At one point they're like, we know you may think this is a joke, but it's actually real. And you're actually playing with the devil who's like coming to get you. It was fucking bananas. Um,
3: We're all going to owe them a big apology when the hipster witches accidentally (laughs) summon Satan and he eats us all.
0: Yeah, and he eats a cronut first because he's in fucking Bushwick or whatever.
5: Yeah, I remember in a really old interview with that Alkaline Trio guy, Matt Skiba, yeah. whoever, <laughs> yeah. and he was like a registered Satanist, and they were like, are you really a Satanist? He's like, nah, I just like getting a rise out of people or whatever.
3: Oh, they're it's like, like <laughs> fedora atheist bros yeah, with for sure, slightly better style. Yeah,
5: yeah. of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, to that point, a lot of the other people that were there that were outside to sort of counter-protest the church were like, I mean, I probably agree with them politically, but also not very cool. Like, (laughs) it's not very cool to be a grown person who is, like, a quote-unquote atheist. I mean, I am, like, an, you know, if you ask me what I believed in, that's the answer. But, to like, if your thing is, like yelling at like Jesus freaks like Ricky Gervais you're lame (laughs) that's what we're saying I mean that's Ricky Gervais was there
4: that's basically the same thing they're doing if it's like yeah this is a joke and you shouldn't take it seriously then like it's the same thing with atheists it's like why you're going out of your way to like if they want to be religious like why do you give a shit you know yeah Yeah. Um,
3: I wish I had the amount of free time those people must have to spend on something like that uh,
0: atheists it, yeah, like
3: people who the spend church. their time showing up and yelling at Christians. Yeah, like
0: oh my god, especially. How do?
3: You, what do you do for work? Like, how do you have this much leisure well, time?
0: Well, you know, GameStop employees. I think <laughs>
5: <laughs> this is my break.
0: <laughs> Something along those lines. Um,
4: uh, um, or you just are Sam Harris and say we're c- incredibly idiotic things with this sophisticated veneer and get paid millions of dollars a year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There were just a lot of dorks out there. The fuck Brett Kavanaugh guy was making, like, really bad Gervais jokes the whole time. And um, it just sort of, you know, noth- noth- nothing really happened. It sort of bubbled out. Um, something I do want to point out is that in the in that Daily Beast article I read about it, um, these people identified a lot of uh, the masked-up uh, attendees as Antifa and... Um, uh, no one there from the press had any idea what the fuck was going on. There, were, there were all these. There was info wars. There was a couple. There was one guy from RT that just got shut down by um, <laughs> actually um, a, a, a previous guest on this show um, uh, Valencia. I forgot his first name, but um, this is a guy who just showed up to fuck with Fash if they showed up, and um, <laughs> a, a pundit from RT who's very like fascist uh sympathetic showed up and so this guy just screamed at him until he just went across the street and uh, then he just stood across the street alone like uh, staring at the event jeff stein from vox shows up is like do any of you have a media contact <laughs> it was really lame but one I'm thing i'm very I, scared i want to say is that a lot of what people reported on was that the that the dreaded antifa was there and um <laughs> just because this is such a small neighborhood and small world um I actually know firsthand that uh, most of the people that were there that were getting screamed at for wearing masks were medics because I know these medics. Mm-hmm. They One of them from, was Deadpool. They were from the same organizations that have been like on this show, right. um, but these old fucks were just like, "Why are you wearing a mask?" At like some person who just showed up there with like first aid shit, um, and the reason they're wearing masks obviously is because of doxing or whatever.
2: It'd be cool if the hex did work and then we all had to kind of get into magic after that. <laughs> like, that's just something... That's, like, pragmatic organizing you have to do is you have to own an owl that yeah. you send to people.
0: Well, I, I do want to live in, like, the world that these Christians sort of live in because they do think magic is real and that is kind of sweet, you know? Yeah.
4: Right. yeah. That would be a great thing for... We would have to band together and work collectively if there was an actual hex and this shit was coming to fruition.
0: Um... But anyway, uh, just in summation of like the entire event, um, you know, it it sounded like actually what happened inside of this event, and I'm gonna go to the next one by the way. Uh, basically, was you know actually pretty healthy and cathartic. I mean, they had this this ritual that was very anti uh, Pence, Trump, and Kavanaugh, and um, a lot of the people during the ritual would go and write the names of their own abusers on this thing, and then they burn it, and then yada, yada, yada. I don't know, something out of a, a, an old ancient tome. Um, but, you know, something it's out of an tome. <laughs> it sounded like it was honestly, like, um, probably, you know, cathartic in some way and in some way healthy. And so I think that raises the interesting question of, like, uh, what, is this shit okay? Like, are we supposed to be, you know secular people as political revolutionaries is it um fun you know is it okay to have fun is it okay to seriously indulge in spirituality or occultism or anything like that i say that as somebody who jokingly has a goth socialist podcast you know (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's cool um i mean i kind of do too i kind of don't care i don't know what do you You think you
2: don't want to be the no magic guy (laughs) (laughs) that sucks it's really boring
3: yeah i agree i mean i've got a lot of experience with uh not being a dick to people who believe in this stuff because a number of my friends are into witchcraft astrology tarot etc.
0: Hey, take a look at my apartment, man. You don't have to tell me. The <laughs> <And laughs> like, plant is dead! <laughs> there are witches in Jake's apartment. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like
3: It's like any religion or spirituality, right? Like, it's a second-order thing that's mediated by so many other factors. Or something like Eastern religion, right? You see some people use it as an excuse to be a complete selfish asshole, and some people use it to be better. And like, as long as you're not using your hexes or whatever as a replacement for irl activities like oh okay my work here is done i did something i can go back to sleep now i think it's fine if you're using it to like psych yourself up to go do things in the world that's fucking great
0: yeah
2: i can't protest i'm making a six straw man out of hair <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean I, honestly i've I feel the same about it as I oddly kind of do about regular old religion at this point in my life. Like, I used to be an annoying atheist guy when I was younger, and I think, like, um, there now life is long and weird, and I can kind of see how for some people that sort of shit helps them. I also think that it, for a lot of people it's completely fucking deranged, and you're these people that show up to events to yell at women for hexing Brett Kavanaugh. But, you know, for for other people, like, I mean, what to each his own i guess you know who gives a shit i
3: have actually participated in a number of witch circles myself and (laughs) I, i i jokingly refer to myself as a secular witch but that really has some meaning for me like i think the witch is a powerful symbol of uh female power and resistance and i don't believe that magic is real but i do believe in the power of ritual and i think In a way, you're like playing a trick on your own brain,
0: right? Yeah, that's what it is, right? Yeah.
3: You're thinking about what you want. You're telling other people. So, you know, there's like some accountability. And then like, you know, sometimes... Okay, I guess I could tell you the story of how uh, my good friend roped me and some of our other friends into a witch circle when we were all on acid and mushrooms at Winter Cabin (laughs) upstate. And we wrote down what we wanted to get rid of on pieces of paper. We all cried, we burned the paper. And for me, it was I needed to quit my shitty fucking job with a horrible asshole boss who sexually harassed me and it was just generally terrible. I needed to quit and go off on my own and I'd really been putting it off because I didn't know how else I was gonna make money. And after that I was like, oh okay, I guess I'm gonna do it now. And a few days later, I quit my fucking job I ramped up my contributions to the Guardian, and I called. Uh, I emailed an agent, a literary agent, whose email I had been sitting on for months. Like something just went off in my brain. It's like, oh, time to actually email that agent now. So, I don't think that's magic, but it certainly was good and helped so-
5: It sounds like I'm the ma- main utility is catharsis, right?
3: Yeah, catharsis, focus, like. We spend so much time just, like, trying to fucking survive Uh that, like, you don't... It's kind of like therapy. Like, it's a space for you to actually, like, think about what's going on with you and what you really want and how you're going to fucking do it.
0: Yeah, it's really weird that I think we have, like, religions as these things that are kind of vestigial at this point. Like, they, for so long in history, served as this... Structure that, uh, you know, j- just... Like, society needed it to some extent, because you didn't have the internet and you didn't have all this other way of communication, so you needed, like, a thing that you guys all met at in the center of your town every... Um, you know, weak or whatever or just a vague sense of community or, you know, the, whatever the fuck human the human mind gets out of these like rituals and things like that. Um, but then as they slowly sort of became obviously fake and uh, something that maybe should fall off and not exist anymore because they're festering and, you know, they the, uh, they have all these byproducts like corruption and etc there's still a weird human need I think to do some of this shit that if we live in a really atomized way in like modern 2018 without then we sort of find ourselves going a little crazy Like, um, you know, I think that maybe is how you get a little bit too extremely online is like you're trying to get whatever the fuck thing church fills uh, in your head. But you're you're trying to get it from your phone because you're like, I'm talking to everyone I know, you know, right now, which is why, like. Oddly, something that keeps you sane, I think, is like going to the same bar with your friends every week or something like that. And that seemed to be what um, people were getting out of this event in a really ironic way. It was really funny to see both the Christians and the witches both, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) practicing on some level the same thing. It's like (laughs) pick up basketball. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
4: Um, I, I think there is something to be said um, that the left has to do a better job appealing to, quote unquote, normies, uh, middle Americans who are people of faith in particular. Um, but where I part ways with some people is that that you do the way to do that is not by um,
0: s- trying to suppress or police people who are eccentric or who. You know, Okay, so that actually, I think, is a good point because this is what I always tell people about the dirtbag left is that there's sort of, a, sort of a parallel here, which is that if you want to build this coalition and you want a revolution that's populist and all this shit, yeah. you really need to think about what you're cutting out when you tell people, like, we're not for this or we're not for that or whatever. Like it's Some of these things might seem... Like, when you you look at people that are of a religion that you don't understand or something like that, um, you know, if you, if you really want to die on that hill by cutting them out of your movement you're going to lose that many bodies and that many votes and that etc right. and i also think that that same thing is true of just like a sense of humor and i might be speaking as someone who's like Well, you know, what the fuck is my religion? I went to a stand-up comedy club once a week for every 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, and and Mm -hmm. that's my community and my sense of people. So to me, it seems like I have – it seems very obvious to me that, like, no, these are fine people and they just happen to have this one specific thing.
4: Yeah, the obstacle – right, the obstacle to achieving socialism is not somebody writing a blog about incense and anal beads. Like, it's an infrastructural (laughs) material – There are material obstacles we need to focus on. Okay, but
1: you
0: are going to read my blog, right?
3: Yeah, as long as they're not trying to legislate away anyone's human rights based on a religion, I think religious people are perfectly welcome and have to be welcome in any leftist movement. Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, after the rev, assuming that happens, (laughs) we will see a lot less religion but I don't think it's going to go away completely because there are some things that socialism cannot do for people. Like nobody knows for sure what the fuck happens after you die. Right. That's a big part of religion It's like dealing with death. Uh, Like the, the sense of community that it brings like that. I think that's been a weakness in communisms of the past, right? Like they tried to, uh, replace churches in the ussr with like churches to stalin and it didn't really work like i guess some people got into it but like that's not the kind of communism that i want speaking i think for (laughs) everyone sitting around (laughs) this table i definitely don't
0: want to go to stalin church (laughs) no
3: but like i don't know if you want to think about how spirituality would look after the rev like There are some good things that we could get from hunter-gatherer societies, which were much more egalitarian than anything that's happened since then. And, like, if we're going to worship anything, it might as well be the earth and the fellowship of humanity, right? Because once you hold the earth sacred, what do you have to do in order to save the earth? You have to abolish capitalism. So there we go. The most
2: American version of the non-religious church would be Okay, we're taking and radicalizing spaces across America. Where do people meet? Subway sandwiches. <laughs> you're going in subway sandwiches on a weekly basis, every day. And first, you just start talking to a few people, and you just like hand them <laughs> straws and stuff, and you're like, I like sharing or whatever. And then they come back, and they're like, I remember you from last week. And you're like, You ever heard of Vladimir Lenin or whatever? <laughs> and then you're in there, and now we're having grassroots reach to people.
0: Uh, and Jared oh. is like the fallen angel Loki. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That was so biographical. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, how he
5: got in the subway section.
3: Just a thought experiment.
0: That actually, I think, is a good segue into what we should talk about for the the next part of this episode, which is that, like, you know, on some level, culturally, we do have, um, you know, this, like, this new modern pop culture version of mythology, which is maybe these fucking dumbass marvel movies or something like that but also on some level um horror movies are great because um i don't know how true this is but there's kind of a kitschy idea and it's kind of an idea you hear in film theory circles and shit like that and on cracked.com and whatever that um horror is uh, supposedly this great litmus test for what the fears of a society are in any political era. So, like, a com- uh, a classic um, example of this is that there's this big theory that, you know, during the Cold War, there were all these alien movies because that is a placeholder for, you know, the specter of communism, these other people coming over to spread their, you know, evil ways and corrupt American, you know, Fucking uh, MAGA society, or whatever. Um, there's also Godzilla and stuff like that, all this stuff that has the threat of nuclear fallout, right? And so, like, um, there's an a, a idea that you can apply that to any generation. By the way, that alien thing, there's a really great episode of Daria about it from uh, the 90s that I watched a while back that does not hold up because. The, um Daria and Jane clearly would have been leftists. <laughs> uh, but in the episode, they're like, what's going on? It's- they were probably at the battle in Seattle, yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, the, I mean, the 90s is actually, a, I think, a very interesting era to this point because it was kind of between. It was like a very brief period where we, we didn't have really a set other, you know, like the Russians... During the Cold War, that was right. the enemy. There's no centralized then, enemy, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, right before terrorism. So we kind of bounced around for a little bit. It was like the the black thugs for a while. And then after Columbine, it was like, you know, scrawny white kids. Like, we're, we're looking. It was
5: Marilyn Manson. That was yeah. the enemy, yeah. Well, yeah. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget your parents. It was just champagne Satanists, basically. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> Dad.
3: <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre is another good example of that. Like I really enjoyed the episode of Rev Left Radio where they did some Marxist film analysis of oh, Texas Chainsaw fuck, Massacre as that. like a perfect metaphor for every all of the capitalist crisis that was happening at that point in time. It was I started a skeptic and now I believe Okay. That was 74
0: 74. Yeah. 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 I, I buy it. They were what they were a barbecue selling family or whatever
3: the family used to work in a slaughterhouse and then they all got laid off and the only thing they were good at doing was killing large mammals and they had to survive somehow Uh, dot 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 yeah was a butcher
5: that's right and it was like a
3: really good metaphor for like how horrible capitalism is on people and like shit rolls downhill Uh right so like they're killing things and the things they kill are killing things and it's like all one great horrible cycle.
4: And they buried a body in the Bretton Woods, which is right by where Nixon took us off the gold standard. It's all connected. What? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs>
5: my, uh, uh, quick aside, uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is a terrible movie, uh, my favorite oh, thing about wrong it... wrong about that. That'd we'll we'll talk about it later. Just chasing Scooby-Doo the whole time. Is <laughs> Dennis Hopper stars in it, and after the first murder, the first thing he does is he goes to a chainsaw store yeah. to solve the crime, <laughs> yeah. and his solution is to buy Two chainsaws. Yeah. And guess what? He fucking kinda of
0: solves it. Oh damn. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. do you what's the problem here? I understand. This. Step it's step just
2: one, so funny. <laughs> Walk to the chainsaw store. That's where you buy the chainsaw. <laughs> he
0: puts down like fifteen dollars too. It's great. <laughs>
2: Follow the money and the sauce.
0: The second one is like campy and still terrifying at the same time, which like no one knows how to do. It's so good. It's a dumb movie, but it's still pretty fucked up. I'll uh, die on this hill.
2: It's, wa- it's hard watching you and of butt heads like this.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs>
2: From different tendencies. I gotta s- say, I like the Jessica
0: Biel one. It? Oh, I man,
5: thought that one was actually... The reboot? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it's it. It's not bad. No. I don't hate it. It's not nearly as
0: good as the original, but yeah. Incorrect, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess uh, the the what I'm trying to get to here is that if we follow this line of logic, um, you know... Uh, an argument can be made that during the Bush years there was this zombie thing. Remember that when like just fucking zombies were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what maybe that has to do with is possibly like nine eleven or something, and you know this this uh, concept of society being uh, shaken a little bit. Your you know your your sleepy reality you were living with uh, in suddenly gets it's a it's a jolt of adrenaline and you go oh my god maybe things aren't always going to be this way and now because they're
2: survivalist movies yeah because
0: they're about an apocalypse right so i think the argument there you would make is that oh because 9-11 did that to a lot of people's minds and made them wonder oh maybe everything isn't going to be okay forever socially you know now the big spooky looming threat is having to survive something huge like that um there was also chemical weapons the iraq war and i don't know who knows anthrax um I think a lot
3: of the apocalypse lust people feel is misplaced lust for the end of capitalism. Although I would say that, wouldn't I? (laughs)
2: Well, 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 (laughs) (laughs) me. at it again. What do
5: you know? Um, Well, then then it transitioned uh, very smoothly into the rise of the superhero bubble, which coincided with the rise of Barack Obama, who is a supernatural... Uh, figure to people and they needed some (coughs) mythical hero to save them from the horrors of the Bush administration
0: yeah but also during Obama and this is the one that I can't figure out I can't square the circle on this one sexy vampires I don't understand what that has to do with like the housing bubble or
3: the ACA or something
4: kind of well Twilight came out in 08 right yeah so that was already in but it
1: it
3: takes off it seems sick Twilight was not sexy vampires (laughs) True Blood was sexy right Yeah.
4: Yeah. Twilight yeah. was... True Blood
3: was over the top. It might
4: have yeah. to do with, like, the other kind of being a mo- little more acceptable now. Like, Obama's this guy who traditionally
0: would be... But now it's like, huh, maybe I'm intrigued. Well, I uh, to think that it's possible that because... Like, my take on comedy during Obama was that, like, or really art in general was that everything turned inward because people felt so... Like, oh, we've just fixed it. It's all done forever. So that, you know, now the story you tell during the Obama years is a story of, like, you and your coming of age and all this bullshit that now seems insane to try to tell other people is important. But it's something that, like, um, that at, for a lot of people who are comfortable... And middle class during those years seemed artistic. Like, I just remember all these people telling me, you got to read Dave Eggers and, like, you know, <laughs> David Sidaris and all these personal stories. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of listening to someone talk about growing, you know? But I
2: am watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the vampire shit seemed
5: cyclical. Like, yeah, uh, Twilight and True Blood. And then, like, what, eight years before that, it was like Buffy. And then oh, yeah. before, and then the late '90s, like well, also with charmed. witches, like Witch is coming back, charmed, charmed, and like wi- oh, yeah. witches, like remember that movie, The Craft? Oh yeah, oh, that I shit?
3: remember it. Yeah,
5: <laughs> and then there's, uh, and then there's Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in the early '90s, I think. Right. No, that's and bad then one. Uh, interview with a vampire. Like it seems to come like every six to seven years.
3: People are just horny, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but where does this fit in with the president?
0: So. Bring They're bloodsuckers. To the present. Well, Obama's
2: the first
3: sexy president.
0: My theory on the Rough present years, is that right now, for some reason, we're experiencing a real wave of really fucking good, really heavy, like, satanic, paranormal, occult, you know witch-themed, ghost-themed, hell-themed, like, artistic horror movies that are really actually jarring and not, like, campy and scary. They're, like, really well shot. Like... The Witch, which came out in 2015, so it came out just before Trump, which I think you can't really... So this is like one example of something you can't really ascribe to Trump. That's a
3: trailing indicator of other forces that brought us Trump, right? Exactly, exactly, right? So these
0: things aren't directly related to the people themselves, much like a lot of the shit that people ascribe to Trump in society... The general climate. ...isn't related to Trump himself. And just to tie that into something else that happened this week, real quick, I want to talk about... How Trump had this rally in Houston, my hometown, this week, and he, you know, famously, the story of today is that he just went ahead and said, "I'm a nationalist," um, and I think that's really telling about Trump because it tells you that he doesn't actually know, like he he's a vessel. He's a fan of the band The National. What he <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a vessel. Like he's a lot of people like to, I think ascribe a lot of. Um, overt racism and white nationalism to his like brain like he's like sitting somewhere and he's like a master puppeteer and he's trying to make all this shit happen but he's really just an empty shell that all these forces sort of work with right so yeah or like to incorrectly prescribe white nationalism to specifically him is to miss the point in the way that like ta coates kind of said oh it's trump's the first white nationalist president right not that he's the culminating result he's just something floating in the river that then gets right yeah, Trump he the yeah, isn't
2: the white nationalist the devil is the white <laughs> yeah.
0: nationalist. he can't he cannot think beyond
5: himself like it seems weird to say he's not sophisticated enough to be a white nationalist but it's that he's not curious enough to be a white nationalist Yes. Yeah.
3: Everything he says is something he got from TV.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously dim, but like his father, Fred Trump, was really into this theory about, uh, it was kind of eugenics. It was like light, not even light eugenics, straight up eugenics. It's like some people are better than others and uh, you're just born a winner and a success person and not other people are losers. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, you can pretty easily swap in white male for the the winners and that's kind of embedded in his brain. I don't know that he, you know, could articulate yeah, it.
5: Yeah, I mean like yeah, clearly Trump hates black people, but he's racist like the way Kenny Powers
0: is racist. <laughs> right. Like
5: he's just he's just an asshole with a lot of money who can weaponize it from time to time if he's fucking bored enough.
0: Yeah, so he's uh, you know he's not the exception. He's just part of the problem. It would, if it wasn't him, it would probably just be someone else who had fallen into that position, right?
2: Has Trump mm-hmm. ever had a specific moment where he talks about jet skis, or are we just assuming he's been <laughs> on one?
0: <laughs> um, you know, if I was a gambling man, I'd assume. Oh, he's, I uh, would
4: not want to see that photograph. <laughs> I would. Yeah.
3: He never takes his suit off, though. Yeah. Right. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, I've never seen him in anything besides a suit. To drive
2: a jet ski. (laughs) The only time
0: he's like, um, um, like a super mario brothers character and that he always wears the uniform unless he's playing tennis in which case they put him in <laughs> oh, the. Yeah. there are those pictures of him in the full tennis uniform oh yeah where you can see like the lines of his underwear and holy shit, shit. And His huge his, ass
3: yeah he's just like horrible cottage cheese ass just, <laughs> he, like going everywhere yeah.
0: he is toad he oh is my god toad. yeah which is why we should probably assume he's ridden a jet ski Mm. You know what I mean? Ah. Um, Don't say that about Toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Toad's ours. Toad's Antifa. <laughs> I
2: can't subscribe to this Toad back and forth. <laughs> All Do
4: you Mickey. think they could make him a horror movie villain? Like, could they successfully make that a scary horror movie, or it would it just be too funny? Trump? Yeah.
5: He's like the boss at the end of a video game, if anything. Yeah. 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 You, you think it could be,
4: like, actually get well you scary well i mean the thing is they
0: don't but to draw this back to this whole thematic horror thing they don't often just make the thing everyone's talking about into the literal villain in the horror movie there was not like there's a movie where there's like Richard Nixon is killing people with hacks, <laughs> you know. But they—I well,
4: think there should be.
1: But they,
0: but if they're writing correctly and they're using like archetypes and um, sort of taking a litmus for what people are having anxiety about yeah. and feeling, then they're gonna get something that's a, then an allegory for him. So I think that the, sure, sure.
4: I'm just thinking in the vein of Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. In like 20, <laughs> 30 years from now, they have Trump as like Jason or something. Yeah.
2: Let's talk thematics, okay? So the popular movies right now christian uh demons ghosts okay what do they have in common they're waking you up in the middle of the night when you're sleeping what does everyone want to do right now they want to sleep (laughs) because (laughs) everything sucks and all you want to do is go to bed but you can't because every time you do a broken neck version of yourself hangs over the bed and then
0: uh, <laughs> uh, abolishes your rights. Oh, hell yeah. Did you watch Haunting of Hill House?
2: Oh, you know I watched it. I'm oh, on episode eight.
0: God damn, it's so fucking good. Um, that movie's really interesting. Two episodes in. Because it's, um. so for anyone listening, I haven't seen this, there's this Netflix series called The Haunting of Hill House that is maybe, I'd say, the first well-done horror like prestige television series, maybe just yet as of our modern era of television, uh, American horror stories tends to fall off the rails here and oh there. It's so bad. It's the
2: people's horror story. <laughs> <laughs> I am
0: 100 percent behind. It's <laughs> just story. a bunch of set pieces. That's all it is. But the haunting of Hill House is—it's um, really interesting because it was originally a novel by Shirley Jackson, who wrote the famous short story "The Lottery." Uh, it's a—it's a story that was written in 1959, but it's been rebooted, and it's sort of about this, like precocious like royal tenon bombsy sort of family honestly that um, you know when they were kids they they lived in this house that their father was trying to flip because he was a real estate guy and then as as the adults they all sort of figure out kind of like it style like oh my god why they're being haunted and I draw it all back to this house or whatever
3: it's the subprime mortgage crisis <laughs> no <laughs>
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> they're haunted by Lloyd Blank and Fine, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I guess it's, I don't know. That one's kind of interesting because it's um, they're very like m- upper middle class. Um, they're just sort of dealing with this like um, this like landmine that's been sort of sleeping underneath them forever. I think okay. Here's my thing with the with the all these movies right now with the satanic shit and the ghosts and stuff. I think the reason that they're uh popular right now is because a lot of people deep inside feel about Trump the way you would feel about a house that you kind of knew was haunted the whole time you were living in it mm. but you went ahead and tried to decide to live in it and get away with it like it would just go away like he's like this tear in reality that caused people to have to reckon with something that they knew all along wasn't true which is that everything was fucking fine under Obama oh
2: right? no I mm. thought this house was funny <laughs> but now it's the president <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's a take that I've heard on Supernatural or hereditary as well yeah yeah like you think that these institutions can keep you safe but they can't and actually they never could
0: and that's the other thing about all these movies right now is that hereditary the witch um uh there's one more i can't conjure right now it oh. follows um possibly uh, conjuring. <laughs> wait a minute um but the the, the The fucking devil wins in the end of a lot of these movies. he
2: rules you. Devil
0: OP. It's not like the 90s where someone would come back at the end of the movie and have a shotgun and be like, oh, you know, fucking DMX starts playing and then the whole audience is like, hell yeah, get the, you know. Yeah, bring that back. (laughs) That was my least favorite horror trope in the 90s, um, where they would be like, I'm gonna get
2: this bitch, and then they would just
0: kill Freddy Krueger.
2: We'll have a perfectly scary movie that one scene at the end completely changes tone where we kick the devil's ass. (laughs) That's the film. Uh,
5: do you think some of it's like people can't comprehend uh the horror the modern horrors of the world they have to assign blame to supernatural forces
0: too um yeah sure i'm up for it i think that's possible uh uh well because i mean yeah because the same the feeling you feel when you're watching hereditary is like confusion the same way if you were like you know a Neolib right now, you're probably like, why do I feel so terrible? <laughs> Not understanding the material causes of it or whatever. You would need a metaphor for. That's
2: why ideology is like the Bible. It helps you, it guides you through these terrifying experiences. And then you go to people's houses and you get their demons out. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, lay it down, Slavlav Zizek. <laughs>
3: this is probably the broke millennial in me talking, which is all of me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I see the houses in those scary movies, I'm like, I would totally fucking live there. I don't care if it's haunted. Oh that house is really nice. Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> that's so much base.
2: Or it makes you feel better about not owning a house.
3: Definitely, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Maybe houses are more trouble than they're worth.
5: Yeah, that's actually really... I'm just going to
3: really... eat my avocado toast and feel better.
5: Yeah, ghosts never haunt a studio
4: apartment. No, or yeah, yeah, they yeah. hate rent. Yeah, they would <laughs> be stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pay, man, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, no, okay. Hail payment Yeah. Or Hail.
3: maybe it's a parable for how nothing can stop the march of gentrification, mm. right? I mean, I've I've been I've talked to my friends about this. Like, if a poisonous underground oil spill doesn't stop property values from going up in Greenpoint, like, what's gonna do it? Werewolves, fucking zombies running through the streets? Like, what?
0: We need Candyman. <laughs>
3: Ooh, good point.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. All right. This does bring up a good point. So I've been thinking about this satanic thing a lot, and I think it's in relation to... um to Trump on some level. Um, But I also think that there's also a satanic panic happening that's coming from... A lot of these movies also have to appeal to the right, right? Like the people that voted Trump or didn't vote or whatever. So on some level, you could say, well, a lot of the satanic shit is just plain old appealing... uh, scaring Christians. I mean, these are the same people that think Pizzagate is real. You know, you could scare them with Hereditary probably pretty bad. But if we were to write a horror movie that properly scares, you know... Another faction, since things are all factioned out now, like neoliberals or even like leftists, what would that look like? I think that, like, if if we were to understand the alien thing as being properly um, a Red Scare tactic against people during the Cold War, since there's this new weird neo-McCarthyism with liberals, they're eventually going to produce something where, like, the enemy is like Putin, you know? Yeah. Like a spooky thing on the other side. There are
3: people who think that every movie is reactionary. Like, I'm sure the witch community was very angry about the message sent by Hereditary. Spoiler alert. Do you guys care about spoilers? Yeah, we, I don't
0: care. We've all seen it. And I think we've talked about it on the show. All
3: right. All right. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of that movie, you're like, wait, maybe witches are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the witch as well, right?
4: Yeah. But I don't know that there's any ever been a horror movie that, like, conservative... Commentators have been like, go see this,
0: you know. Well, is Gran Torino a horror movie? <laughs> think about it? It's like, uh, from a different... Pr- it's like, in his mind, I think it is. You're watching him experience what he thinks is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he moved into a normal house, only to find it was full of Asian people!
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if super sub-niche horror works, uh, because, like... I mean, I, th- I liked The Witch, and I thought it was awesome, uh, but, like, I didn't watch it and then go, this is disrespectful to Witch. Like, I was <laughs> like, no, this is what I want, because I treat occult shit as kind of a little bit of a joke. Like, it's fun, so, like, I want to watch a movie where that I'm cheering for the villain, but um, I suppose that that could probably happen. I mean, okay, maybe that's why there isn't horror that specifically marketed to tiny factions because the the smaller you get the more humorless you get mm. you know mm. like tankies don't have to seem to have a really great time you know
3: <laughs> in <Yeah>. general now <laughs> mm. there's a
4: lot of stuff you know like RoboCop which again not quite a horror movie but that's you know uh, has a very uh, clear perspective i would say but it, it doesn't necessarily resonate that way among everybody who watches it but it's a kind of a pretty marxist movie
2: it's pro robots yeah. it's pro cops
3: well, then there are people who would take a message from the witch like, hey, she's just trying to survive in a man's world. Can you blame her? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: she kinda wish, the witches win at the end, and it's not necessarily like a bad thing.
3: Yeah, like what's the alternative? Living in like horrible Puritan rape society? No, thank you. Yeah,
4: well, that's, I mean, uh, I know you know a little bit about this, but the, uh, the witch, the idea of the witch was kind of generated in large part by the church in the middle ages to sort of push uh patriarchy and capitalism right like that's Mm -hmm. that's not something there weren't that many self-identified practitioners of witchcraft or really any as far as i know it was just like an invented thing that they did to kind of
3: yeah i mean a lot of them were midwives or healers who helped women have control over their own bodies and their own reproduction um a lot of them were activists both against feudal oppression and against the beginnings of capitalism in favor of, you know, keeping community-held lands and things like that. Um, I haven't read the whole book, but Silvia Federici wrote a really influential text called Caliban and the Witch, Women, the Body, and Primitive Accumulation, and makes a very good case for this uh, the, the preponderance of witch burnings across Europe to be a way of primitive accumulation via women's bodies, women's reproductive systems, right? Because in the Marxist conception of capitalism, It's not just, it's like, why do some people own shit and some people have to work for them? Is it because the owners just like worked the hardest or like their ancestors did? No, it's because somewhere along the line at the beginning, someone decided to play by some new rules and do a thing called primitive accumulation where you take things that aren't yours, like either by expropriating commonly held land or by uh, doing settler colonialism on a new land mass full of people who you can dominate with guns, germs and steel, or in the case of women's bodies, like the actual, the act of reproduction. Because before capitalism, or before before agriculture, people tried to limit the number of kids that they had because they were traveling around and they were hunting and gathering. After agriculture, um, and especially after class society arose, um, People needed to have more kids because they would increase their production that way. And by that, they would generate a surplus. So that's the reason, going back uh, a number of years, why women were first sort of forced into these roles. This is not something that has existed throughout history. And that's a common misconception that people have.
0: It, oh, that's awesome! That's it. Mm. It's um, funny thinking
2: of a witch as a specter to promote capitalism, where you just get these like priests going in small circles in towns and be like, "You ever you ever notice witches? They uh they just give stuff away. What the fucks up with that? <laughs> <laughs> They're never trading anything. <laughs> just keep all the shit for themselves. What are they doing? They're out in their hut. Their hut. You ever seen my mass?
0: I like the concept <laughs> of primitive accumulation. I'm just going to, next time someone has donuts, I'm just going to claim primitive accumulation. (laughs) (laughs) Just take, like, no, this is actually a very complicated uh, historical thing I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) I have a right to do this. Um, Wow, that is really interesting. Uh, I need to check that out. That's fucking mad interesting. I'm reading um, something right now that is, um, okay, actually, since I was talking about, um, like, fiction that is specifically targeted towards factions and reactionary groups and stuff like that um reading ursula k Guin right now oh hell yeah um i I, for the first time reading this book called the dispossessed which is her famous one or whatever but it's uh it's really interesting because it's um kind of reminds me of like anarchist feminist like vonnegut almost yes it's like science fiction and it's you know sort of a a book that takes place cut up on two different fictional planets that are heavy, heavy allegories for, I guess, like capitalism and socialism on some level. Am I getting that right at all? I'm listening to it. Yeah.
3: It's like a very realistic Mm -hmm. imagining of this sort of anarcho-syndicalist society, Mm -hmm. which... Runs counter to both capitalism and Soviet communism, right? Because it's very decentralized and there's no ruler. Yeah. There's no Stalin.
4: That's what I really think we got to do is, and I get why, because it's like in a movie or fiction, you need conflict. But uh, instead of all the apocalyptic stuff, which is fun, you know, it's like, oh, this is what's going to happen if we keep going the way, doing things with the way we are. Why don't we make some stuff about how things could be like the vision, you know, start making. Well, that seems
0: to be what Ursula K. Le Guin did. And I'm like wondering why had I never heard of this book until recently? And I go, okay, well, then maybe it's probably because it's not part of what we're understanding as the monoculture when we talk about all these horror movies and stuff. And that in itself is really interesting because we have monoculture up to a certain extent now, but it seems like it's. Breaking, like it seems like movies are kind of over. Movie Pass was the last f- weird flailing attempt at just getting people to go watch movies. To AMC Movie Pass, it uh, <laughs> promoting it right AMC now. AMC Movie <laughs> Pass, go for it. <laughs> um, please send us money, AMC Movie Pass. If you uh, since we're promoting, this is you. a
2: podcast of Stubbs members. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but if we're gonna sort of like veer off into this post-monoculture world where like all of fucking alt-right people read one thing and then we have our own world and uh you know there's not really like one group of media or one channel that we all subscribe to to get our information then um you know maybe it is more possible to yeah to make media that's promotes um you know our vision of the world in some way and that that can then compete with you know this fox news bullshit that is the other side of uh you know this cultural argument um maybe we're not going to save the world with like a marvel superhero or something that appeals to everyone you know
2: monoculture is totally falling apart and the way you know that is the only movies anybody wants to make now are remakes because you can't sell someone on a new idea you need to be like ah oh, remember 1987 fucking aliens back
0: well they're, they're also the Your only... whole
2: family loves
0: you <laughs> they're also the only things that um that like uh test well um i can't remember the word for this but when they're trying to sell it to a studio they go look a lot of people are on board with this idea already as opposed to if you just like wrote a movie
1: that's
3: what i'm saying yeah 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 yeah, yeah. people want to make fun of communist art but like <laughs> look at the art that gets made now by the market <laughs> yeah. like could it possibly be worse than that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah late capitalist art is so like imagine if this was like you know how they have like those you know old uh um temples and shit like that or you'll see like oh they painted this entire ceiling to look like this or whatever if we had that now in america as an artifact for our time it would just be fucking you know gr- well, not gritty gritty's cool but uh, watch
2: the movie the nun the Nun, the spin off sequel, the spin off of to Conjuring 2, The Nun, where they capitalize on the monster from Conjuring 2, which was a <laughs> sequel to a like one random successful movie. And they're like, technically, this is a monster we made, we have to see if we can make a million dollars off it. And they just like put out this manufactured storyline that does not make any sense just to cash in on the fact that this is a brand already yeah it's uh, there's a guy in the movie who gets buried alive 30 or 45 minutes in and then just pretends that didn't happen for the rest of the movie. He's just back hunting the nun right away.
0: Um, we're about an hour. We should probably wrap up here. Oh, um, can we
3: talk a little more about Hereditary? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, that movie scared the fuck out of me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite movie of the year, possibly. Um, Whoa. Wow. You oh. see, you never really here. No, I haven't. It fucking ruled, bro. First Reform too, but Hereditary. What? <laughs> Man, I love movies. I love <laughs>
3: movies.
0: Um, Go, go ahead. And
3: it seemed like a kind of a feminist film to me, or maybe it's afraid of feminism, or maybe it's like a little ambiguous. Well, I'm it, not it had sure.
0: feminist <laughs> allegories, I think, in that like you know Tony Collette, part of her character's like conflict is people thinking she's crazy right. when she's trying to explain to them something that's really happening, which is you know or indicative. Is it? Right. Like <laughs> and that's she's... why it's a good horror movie. But I mean that's that's obviously a parallel to like, you know, medical history and like, you know, assigning women hysteria and shit like that.
3: Oh yeah. She's terrifying in that movie.
0: Yeah, she's fucking great. Yeah, that dinner scene. And like
3: it yeah. It really it's oh, it's about it's about so many things. I mean one thing is like the trauma of the family, right? Because we're sold a certain idea of the family and of motherhood as this like saintly, nice, natural duty that women are born to do, right? Because that's something that happened back in Caliban and the witch times when they're trying to naturalize this role of reproductive labor so that women will do it for free and capital can benefit from having next generations and generations of workers to exploit without having to pay for it. Um, Where is it going with this? But yeah, as we all know, not everyone is meant to have kids and not all families are safe or good or healthy, so like,
0: also, it's sexist that Paimon was covetous of a male body. Yeah. Mm. Why not a female body, Paimon? Yeah, there you go, Why man. didn't you like being in the, the girl? She also didn't even want to have her son. Yeah, She's pressured too. into it, yeah.
3: Yeah, like there are lots and lots of women who've had that experience mm-hmm. who really didn't want to have kids or shouldn't have had kids, and they did anyway. And that's horrible on so many levels. And like, you want to talk about fucking forced social reproduction what's happening right now they're taking away our reproductive rights and women are pissed off there's this like intense flood of anger that hasn't really taken any coherent form yet like we've just seen the beginnings of it so maybe this movie's a reflection of that i don't know
1: yeah what do you
3: think
2: of uh i'm trying to remember the movie because i saw it so long ago i just remember the dad is like
3: barely in it
5: He's, he's so, very yeah. stern and uh, he's not passive, but he is a little mansplaining. he British. Yeah, he's like British for some <laughs> the reason. The male
3: characters are like the flattest stock men that I've <laughs> yeah. seen in a while. Like the son, his whole personality is he's just like a horny teen. Who wants Mm -mm. to smoke pot and get laid? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although that is a lot of teens, to be fair. I was going to say, when
0: I watched that movie, I identified with that guy a lot as like, I was like, (laughs) oh, that's what I was like when I I
2: killed my sister. (laughs) Uh, Damn, I've been a husk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I slammed my face on my desk. I wasn't haunted, I was just. Bored. I,
2: I was extreme
0: <laughs> but like he is a one-dimensional character but i like i when i was identifying with him i was like yeah i was also probably a one dim i wasn't an interesting person when i was like 15 i just wanted to get stoned all the time you know
4: mm-hmm. um, Fair. well also interesting we we're talking about haunted houses earlier her job was to make little model houses
2: yes dude yeah. this is all coming back to me now <laughs> oh, yeah. i thought that was so fucking weird
4: <laughs> which yeah. is the you know the the feminine sort of homemaker, uh, homemaker, yeah. literally. But well, like
3: also that. control, right? The movie's so much about control. Yeah. And I was thinking about it in terms of different kinds of control. Like her kind is very like type A and meticulous where she thinks she can control everything, but actually she has control over nothing. Whereas her mom is this witch this crazy, scary, satanic witch who's like challenging these, she's channeling these very elemental forces. And that's a whole different kind of power. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Yes, Debbie, I will menstruate into the ground with you the next time we do a witch circle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, nice shout out. Got him. <laughs> 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 I haven't done that in a while on this show. Uh, remember guns? Yeah, remember we used to do gunshot noises? Um, yeah, we should wrap it up. Um, happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you for uh, listening to Poddam America and subscribing to The Damned if you choose to do so. <laughs> I'm going to get a button that I can just go, The Damned. Um, uh, I, I've got a bonus episode this weekend that's fucking bonkers. Uh, I'll put out the teaser right after we record it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I guess we should plug some shit and get out of here um, for me I've got uh, Yoko on 11-13 what is that November 13th uh, fucking second second Tuesday of uh, November uh, we're doing our live stand up show again me Claro, O'Kane and Ian Fidance at El Cortez in Bushwick I will pin it to my uh, Twitter page um, other than that yeah just listen to all my stuff and, and uh, check my Twitter uh, anybody else got anything to plug
3: oh I do when is this coming out
0: uh, probably tomorrow
3: Oh, cool! Do you want to go first? I need to look up the information. Okay. Uh,
5: well, I'm going to be in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be in California starting tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Uh, I'm going to be in San Francisco and L.A. Uh, doing some so- shows. So if you live there, hit me up. I need things to do. Uh, okay. Bye. ACLU official. Follow me on Twitter. ACLU official.
2: Okay, I'm going to go now. Um, I made a movie. Please watch it. It's pinned to my Twitter on the top uh, pinned tweet, okay? At Patak Jokes. It's up there. It took a very long time to make. Please give me gratification for that. And... What's up? It's just the
0: tape, from the, just the tape <laughs> from the
2: ring. It's a spooky episode. I hope we've all had fun, and uh, please Alex come watch
0: climbing out of your TV. <laughs> Does a tight five minutes.
2: If it, if you, I'm looking for stage time anywhere I can get it. People, please come to my weekly show. We're back at Von Bar on Sundays at 7 p.m. If you live in New York City, go to Von Bar. Bye.
4: If yeah, if you're listening to this Wednesday the 24th, you have just a few short hours to get a ticket to my one-man show, Dummy which will be at Brooklyn Comedy Collective. It's um, a fun show about the autistic spectrum, how it's a, a symptom, autism is a symptom of capitalism. It's a made up thing like witchcraft. And it has been, you know, if that's an inflammatory statement, I know. If you want to hear more and you want to argue with me about it, please come to the show tomorrow, or excuse me, today, Wednesday. 10 24 9 30 p.m five dollars brooklyn comedy collective
0: i never thought about the angle anders is a witch
2: our witch is autistic
0: (laughs) well that'll be for next podcast jamie got anything to plug
3: yeah i'm gonna be a team player and plug a dsa party in central brooklyn there you go so this weekend october 27th that's saturday folks Come to The Red Scare a very central Brooklyn Halloween party <laughs> <laughs> it's 8pm to 12am at the Verso Books Loft in Dumbo tickets are $15 and that uh, supports the work of central Brooklyn DSA also listen to my podcast The Antifada Um, it's pretty good. I like it. we <laughs> work pretty hard on it. It's pretty good. And if you listen to all the episodes of the Antifada and Pod Damn America and you still need something to listen to, you can listen to The Majority Report with Sam Cedar, which is where I work four days a week. Woo.
0: Both great shows. Yeah, I've been on both. I am bragging. Um, that's it. Happy Halloween, you goth socialist fucking weirdos. Boo. Um, stay exhausted. I don't know. I really need to sign off thing. I'll come up with the, sum- the one exhausted. a year into this <laughs> show. Lock oh. the gates. Lock the gates. <laughs>
2: the leather drapes Sit three men like Macbeth's wishes Best tuned in matching velvet capes It's... Hot America! Hot America! Hot America!
1: Hot America!
2: Shambling through rain slick alleyways a damn trudge forward, wielding hammers and sickles and bait like hounds for the flesh of any wealthy, unlucky enough to stumble across their paths, beating passers-by with books by Kropotkin and Ingalls, demanding a robust analysis of the failing capitalist system by utilizing dialectical materialism and a cornucopia of dick jokes. Father.